living by charging an extra amount. Some of them made more than a living, and if the taxes were 5%, they might charge 10% and pocket the difference. They were seen as traitors, those who became wealthy at the expense of their own people. The Pharisees, the other religious leaders, called them sinners. Everyone was known to be a sinner and in need of God's mercy and forgiveness, but the sinners associated with tax collectors were put in a special class. They were among those who, were deli who deliberately and persistently violated the law, disobeying the command of God, betraying their own people, made them unworthy to be part of the people of God. Tax collectors were not able to enter with the other Jewish men into the inner courts of the temple. And so seeing Jesus accept and have dinner with them made no sense to them at all, but Jesus is not like you and me. He came with a purpose, he came with a mission, and Jesus is not going to say, straighten up your life and keep the law. He's going to say, the kingdom is yours, you are worthy, you are loved, and your life matters too. And that was made very clear in today's video. In Luke 19, we are introduced to another tax collector, and his name is Zacchaeus. And let's take a minute and read this now. As Jesus was passing through Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus, one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business, and of course a very rich man, tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road to watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down for I'm going to be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus hurriedly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on, I will give half my wealth to the poor, and if I find I have overcharged anyone on his taxes, I will penalize myself by giving him back four times as much. The Zacchaeus story is an all-time favorite, rich in details that intrigue the reader. It inspires the songwriter. Some of you might remember that song, this little, wee little man. Um, we didn't sing that today. And keeps everybody glued to the story. And an unusual detail that we're given in, is Zacchaeus' name. Because if you think about stories you've read about people Jesus met along the way, a lot of them went unnamed. So that's one particular detail. And two other particulars given to this man are that Zacchaeus is chief tax collector and he's rich. Well, as Jesus approaches Jericho, Zacchaeus is determined to see him, as we saw that in our scripture. But for that to happen, he had two obstacles to overcome. The crowd blocked his view, and because he was short, he couldn't see anything from his back row perspective. And for one who we are told merely wants to see Jesus... Zacchaeus shows surprising determination and creativity 
in the face of these obstacles, this rich chief tax collector runs ahead of the crowd and quickly climbs up into the branches of a tall sycamore tree that borders the, the path. And it's while he is in this ridiculous position, precariously perched over the pathway, that Zacchaeus first encounters Jesus. And in that moment, Zacchaeus moves from being a spectator to being the focus of Jesus' attention. Because Jesus looks up, calls him by name, and says that Jesus must stay with him today. The purpose of Jesus' mission, remember, is to seek and save the lost. And this is what happened here. Zacchaeus was one of the lost. He had been ostracized by the crowds, by the leadership, by his very own people, shunned and snubbed. People turned their backs on him. He was dismissed by others because he didn't meet their standards of living. And when someone like this sees and meets Jesus and realizes God loves them, forgives them, and accepts them, it changes their life. They begin to see things differently. Within them, there's a change of heart, new life, new possibilities. One wants to right their wrongs. And that's what happened to Zacchaeus. We know it did. Because after meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus said, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anyone, I'll pay them back four times. Jesus saw in him a change of heart. He saw a change in lifestyle, a different man. And that's why Jesus said, salvation has come to your house today. Like Zacchaeus, Jesus knows us by name. Knows every detail of our life. And he does the very same thing today. Comes to us offers to be present in our lives. And he stands ready for us to gaze in his direction so that he can offer us new life and new possibilities because he loves us, forgives us, and accepts us too. And I think most of us here right now, most of us today, like Zacchaeus, have searched for Jesus. We've looked. We've seen him. And we've accepted his love and forgiveness and grace. And as a result, our life's changed. It's different from before. I know mine is. But there are many in the world today who haven't had that experience. There are people today who, like Zacchaeus, are lost, different from others, odd maybe, feeling alone, abandoned, abandoned by people they know because they're not meeting their standards, shunned, laughed at, 
feeling hopeless and helpless. And because there are other Zacchaeuses out there, I don't think this story should be all about us or only about us. I think it needs to be about others too. And so I want us to think about people we could name Zacchaeus because I'm sure that there are strays, cast-offs, wanderers, social misfits, rejects in our repertoire of relationships. With our business card, email address, there is a Zacchaeus out there, a Zacchaeus you know, isn't there? One of the oddest people Jesus befriended was this short, wealthy man named Zacchaeus. Chief tax collector. Made him the chief of sinners, supreme sinner, ultimate social outcast. No one was drawn to his oddness, his misbehavior, except Jesus. Who expects us to do the same to do as he does because we're made in his image. And so let's think today about who we could surround ourselves and associate with from time to time. And as you think about the Zacchaeus in your life, keep in mind that the, recently in my last two messages, I talked about Barnabas and I talked about Jonathan. Barnabas being an encourager, Jonathan being a true friend. And we talked about needing, needing those people in our lives. We need them because they help us, because of what they give us, they help us stay faithful to Jesus and be faithful in our walk with him. So they give that to us. So Zacchaeus, on the other hand, requires something from us, which is a little bit different. But these people, too, keep us faithful and help us be more like Jesus ourselves. And so we need them, too. Having a Zacchaeus in our life begins by looking up a tree, so to speak, by paying attention and seeing someone who is different from us. Someone who's misplaced, disgraced, isolated, ashamed, or not living up to our standard of living. Someone who's messed up in some way. And then if we let them come into our life for a while, their mess is going to illuminate ours, and we're going to start to remember, oh, we're not perfect either. We've been lost too, messed up, and like them, we've needed the grace and acceptance that comes from Jesus. Not one of us is without blemish or spot. It doesn't bother Jesus how messed up anyone is. All he sees in one who is lost is a person who needs love, and no one is outside the reach of God's love. No one. Now, some towns, towns have their share. They have their presence of a few good characters. In one town, people talk about the wealthy residents, resident who made it her mission to be the county's early warning system, an environmental guard dog, and her letters to the editor Warning others of their impending doom would be the first thing the residents would read in the newspaper, in the local newspaper. 
And then there's a landowner who enjoys mocking the sculpture and high culture artwork that's seen around town by collecting junk vehicles, putting them around his yard like tombstones, planting flowers in the radiators or growing trees in the engine blocks. Every community has a few good characters and they all have their roles. Even in temporary makeshift communities like passengers on a plane, one seatmate of one fellow decided to get comfortable, got his pillow, covered himself in a blanket, then reached down, took off his socks, and proceeded to go to sleep. The smell that whooshed throughout the plane was nuclear. Everyone started gagging and choking, trying not to breathe in the fumes. And people started looking at the person who was sitting next to him, looking for him to do something. But he pretended he was asleep too. Suddenly, a Zacchaeus appeared, Zacchaeus meaning one who was different from us, shook the sleeping passenger and said, buddy, you're killing us. Put those socks back on. Now, everybody, everybody can think of incidents where someone was doing something offensive or something crazy, and we just wished for the bold or the loudmouth to come along to our rescue. And not everybody conforms to the usual or to the comfortable or to the expected behaviors. Some make us uncomfortable, but still we need them at times. We need them. And that, again, is because everybody has a place in this world. God has a place in his heart for everyone. And I think that's what the story of Zacchaeus helps us remember. Again, there's someone out there, someone who doesn't fit the mold, who is different from us and somebody we wouldn't normally associate with. There's a Zacchaeus out there for you and me to meet. Now, if there's a test as to whether or not we have a Zacchaeus in our life, there's a way of knowing if we do or not, and that's whether or not we're taking criticism for making room in our life for one of those unperfumed personalities. People sure grumbled, remember, when Jesus associated with the tax collectors and the sinners. They grumbled, and they had a lot to say. So a question we can ask ourselves is, are we taking any flack for hanging out with particular people? Is association with someone granting us a response with people asking us, why? Why are you hanging out with them? And hanging out with someone, remember, doesn't mean that we become like that person. But loving someone makes us more like Jesus, and that's our goal, isn't it? Like Jesus, we need, from time to time, we need to meet a person who's mocked by others and someone to whom we can stretch a healing and a helping hand. And Jesus had a ready eye for that. Ready eye for chances to eat and spend time with outcasts. And for sure, it's not easy. It's not easy living with difficult people and that's why I think this call to 
Spend time with a Zacchaeus is rare. One story in the Bible of a young prophet from the northern kingdom named Hosea was told by God to marry a Zacchaeus. And her name was Gomer. And she was known for two attributes. Most beautiful girl in Israel, and she shared her beauty with everyone, giving her the reputation of a prostitute and a sex addict. Hosea was told to have three children with Gomer and to name each child symbolically for an action of God. No matter how many times Gomer left Hosea for other men, some of whom abused her terribly, Hosea kept bringing her back. Doesn't beg or woo Hosea to save her. Hosea simply shows that there is nothing she can do to stop him from loving her. Gomer must have thought he was crazy. But eventually, Hosea's unfailing love rekindled in Gomer a spark of soul, and she ended up being loving and faithful to him alone. It's not to that extreme that we're called to associate ourselves with a Zacchaeus, but we are called to look up and see if there is someone who needs to hear the good news that they too are a child of God, that Jesus loves them and that he wants to walk with them. There are people who need to hear and know the good news, and they need to hear that before the universe was created, God had them in mind and chose them as a focus of the Father's love. And when they accept that, lives change. We saw it in Zacchaeus. We see it in others. And so we need a Zacchaeus in our lives every now and again to see it happen again. We don't want people to forget God's goodness. Because that's when sin sets in. If we as Christians were to ask each other, how are you going, instead of how are you doing, I wonder what we might hear. I wonder if we would hear more about the misunderstood and the misfit and the characters and the outcasts. Would we hear people ask, how did you do and how did you and your friends handle such and such a person? Did you leave them alone or did you give them a little extra effort to get to know them? And like the Pharisees in that video, I wonder how many relationships we have shunned or how many social settings we have avoided just to maintain that outward appearance of a good Christian. Every once in a while, we need a Zacchaeus in our life to keep us faithful in our following of Jesus. Eric Harris, son of a career military man, 
always moving from base to base, attending new schools every couple of years, never having seen the secure resources of stable relationships with other kids. And you may know the name because some time ago he killed 12 of his classmates in Colorado. And just before that violent rampage, he confided in a video of his plan, of his pain, I should say. He said, everywhere I went, I had to start again at the bottom. Would that story and other stories like it, would it have been different if someone had seen in Eric a Zacchaeus and treated him like Jesus did? Would it have been different? Some will say no. Some are just bad seeds. Some are beyond helping. But is that true? Could things be different when someone sees in certain people as Zacchaeus and then treats them like Jesus did? Something to think about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, every time we read the scriptures, we can learn something new, we can see it from a different perspective, and always it speaks to us and how we can live our lives for you. And so today we can't help but ask ourselves, do we follow your example? We know that we're made in your image. Do we open our hearts to everyone? Do we see potential in all the people we meet? And do we see people as someone who need to be loved more than anything else? Sometimes our focus is not where it could be. And so we ask, first of all, for your forgiveness. And we ask that, we, that you give us your eyes to see people around us and that we might have hearts that are filled with compassion and understanding. Don't let us ignore any Zacchaeus that might walk into our life. When we do that, we can't help but remember about how we needed you to come into ours. We too need your help, your healing, your hope. And we thank you that just as we have that image in our mind today of you looking up in the tree at Zacchaeus, you're looking at us too. And the minute we connect, we are grateful that something within us changes and that we aren't the same as before. And for that, we're grateful. As if we sit quietly, as we listen to the words of another song this morning, just remind us that you call us too. You're calling us now. And may we respond with the joy and excitement that Zacchaeus had. And may you know 
but it's our desire to come and follow you. Amen.